Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. There we go. There's our regular mic checker right there. Jeremy, you look good. You look in good spirits. You sent us. We have a goddamn musical on our hands today. You realize that? Yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, you like my song, I, uh, Jeremy. I'm, I told Ashley before we started the show, it it might go in your top four or five. It's up there. It's up there as one of your better ones immediately in my book. It's got a real. Uh, it's got a real Judas Priest vibe to it. It felt very uh, Judas Priesty. I, I, it's all about understanding and trying to uh, make America more um, open and woke. Yeah. Uh, I I knew that was what you would care. You would treat it with both care and respect. And speaking of care and respect, welcome to Quality Time, everybody. We're back for another exciting episode in full digital sound color. We've actually just, we've been black and white up until now, and now we're in color sound. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, That illustrious voice that you heard pre-show there is none other than my blood and my brother, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Actually, breaking news. We just have, is this Morgan Freeman? Of course. $400 million divorce. I go on any podcast I do, and I do voices and commercials for $20. Oh, $20. Hey, can you cut one for, uh, uh, um, from, for Astro Glide for us, Mr. Freeman? Astroglide. Whenever you need the largest penis shoved into your ass, use Astroglide. <laughs> oh my need god! Just less blood, motherfuckers. Oh uh, my god! Now give me my twenty dollars. <laughs> right. Uh, and of course, lost for four hundred million dollars. <laughs> Fuck everyone. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm not Ashley. <laughs> oh my God! Who's on the program? He's finally cut cut ties with Quality Time. <laughs> no, um, I'm Donna Wahlberg. <laughs> oh my God, Donna Wahlberg, the the sexually transitioned Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I can't wait for you to taste my burger. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like impossible penis. Um, 
<laughs> so uh great i'm excited about today's episode uh a movie that i'd never seen and this was ashley's pick this week we're not gonna jump into it quite yet because me and the wonderful ashley Pines actually had a show on friday uh we did. at a seafood restaurant in a hallway and uh I, I, ashley what, what do you let's set the stage for this place that we performed at it you know what it reminded me of it was like going to the dough roller in ocean city and being like i'm gonna perform stand-up comedy in the middle of your kitchen (laughs) (laughs) this is what it, it felt like i love that at the bottom of the receipts it said uh classy but casual and I was like, that's a real original thing for a restaurant to say. So good job, guys. <laughs> Classy but casual. Uh, I showed up to this show and there immediately some red flags. One, comedy has never been done at this place before. That's red flag number one. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's always a red flag for me. Uh, hey, at no point did I say I wasn't going to do the show, though. I need to be clear. I was like, I have nothing. For, I'm going to do this show. And please, somebody book me on something better. Okay, so look, I got, <laughs> so I take the show. And uh, days before uh, the booker, Ryan Lina, he calls me up and he, goes, he messages me. And he says, hey, do you have a microphone you could bring? Red flag number two. We don't have proper equipment. I was like, are you using the house's PA and they don't have a mic? He was like, yeah, I think they misplaced it. I was like, all right, I will bring a microphone. Something told me in the back of my mind. You know what? <laughs> Go ahead and bring your whole ass PA because who knows? It might come in handy. Eric, can I ask you, how many times do you think you were told, I don't need it? <laughs> Multiple times. In fact, I was like, hey, I was like, hey, do you need the PA? And he was like, no, we don't. I packed it anyway. And it's a good thing that it did, Ashley, because what happened five minutes before the show's about to start? Oh, man. <laughs> so bad. It yeah, of course, it doesn't work. work at all. Nothing works. So I said, okay, come on out to the car. I bring out the PA. Now, it's important to talk about the geography of, like, where we're performing, right? It's in Havard Grace, Maryland. It's against the water. And it's in a venue that's basically two giant rooms in the shape of an L that are connected by a small corridor hallway about four or five feet long, right? Now, these rooms are just completely separate big blocks, one little hallway that connects them. There's no way to perform. You need to, like, set it up in one room. Or the other room. Yeah, there's no way to do both. Instead, the place where they decided to do it was in said hallway. Because that way, you could perform to both sides of the audience. And I I immediately looked at it, I was like, this is going to fail horribly. So I <laughs> I, uh, I get up and I hook my PA up. By the way, um, and let me know if I'm off on this count. I, at least, Jeremy... I'm going to give you a number, and I guess I want you to guess what this was a number of at this venue, okay? There were you know, seven of these there. Seven what? That That's what you have to answer. It was seven of what? What was there? Seven waiters. Seven waiters. Good. Honestly, they probably needed seven waiters. Definitely didn't have that many. Seven people working there. Seven people working there. Maybe another good Maybe. guess. There probably was seven, seven people working there. But seven dildos on the wall. No, not dildos on the wall. Uh, seven 
black people there. Actually, uh, you're not wrong. I would. You're actually. There were seven black people. I'm really doing count one, two. It happened in race. Five. Yeah, there were seven actually at one time. Uh, They're progressing. Uh, Jeremy, there were seven children at the show under the age of ten. <laughs> Which is exactly oh. why I turned it down to headline. They were like, do you want a headline? And I, and they go, can you work clean? And I was like, not on your fucking life. I can't. <laughs> so I, uh, Ashley's hosting. She's doing the best that she can. Uh, people don't give a fuck. Then nobody's listening. Uh, people could give fuck. We've ruined, we're ruining people's dinners is what's happening. That's right? why I talked about child suicide yeah oh ashley did see that there one of the little things on every table is a little thing that shows you how to draw knots because it's supposed to have like a maritime theme and ashley goes she's like oh look they they drew these things for you to help with your assisted suicide right here make sure i said make sure i said remember do your child's noose before you fasten your own And the blacks loved it. So anyway, um, <laughs> don't think it's better than taking your kid to see Resident Evil at ten o'clock. So yeah. <laughs> Why is that monster chewing his head off? Well, that's what monsters do when we when we when we play with um, genetics, kids. Because mm-hmm. I'm a motherfucker monster. <laughs> so uh, I finally get up uh, after Ryan is gone and featured. Uh, and did his set and and struggled mightily. Now, I'm also performing uh, but, uh, the stage above me. I, I use the word stage very loosely. The hallway, <laughs> the hallway I'm performing in uh, above me, Jeremy, has wonderful decorations. It is the paper that you pull off so you can eat crabs at a particular table. And then to my left is the fountain soda machine. And everyone just walking past constantly. <laughs> There's no nothing. Right? So everything is doomed to fail. I go up there. And I start to get a couple laughs. Now, Ryan Lina, uh, the guy who booked this and, and, and just performed. Um, Lina the vagina. <laughs> he, he left his joke book up on, up on stage. Or on, what should I say? The booth where we're standing and performing. <laughs> and I see this lady who's there and she's trying to signal. I'm like, hey, you left your book. And I was just like, I was just like did you just see what he did up here? Do you think he needs that book anymore? Do you think there's anything in there that he shared with you that he should share with anybody else in a comedic sense? So I, I was this, sh- is the, this is the one time Eric's like, I'm a big fan of book burning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, so I was shitting on Ryan Lina. I, I was shitting on him so much. I was like, I don't know if he's going to be my friend after this. And I was, but it was, hey, I was getting really big laughs. The only laugh, I didn't say big, I got the best laughs out of everyone in that room that you could get, I felt. And then, uh, and then, the Tom, uh, you think that Tom Myers has a book? Yeah, he does, uh, I think. You know, that's you think uh, that, like all the jokes that he wrote out. And eventually he crossed them out because he didn't work. So there's only like two jokes out of an entire book that's still left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, the bong hit transplant was actually 15 more minutes long. He cut it down to that. D- Jeremy made me think it would be really funny. You're right, Jeremy. If he like had a notebook of jokes and he was looking at it and we're just like, I wonder what he's got in there. And then you get a hold of it. And inside it's just a copy of 1992's 1001 jokes for kids. <laughs> <laughs> It it, it 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 is different on every page, but it still says all jokes and no play make comma dull boy. So it's a different space 
sings every page. So I, uh, <laughs> I also, so when, uh, later in the set, I was holding onto Ryan's, uh, joke book and the lady in the front row, I was just like, Hey, you've been a really good sport tonight. And if you just, I want to give you this. And I gave her Ryan Lina's joke book. I was like, Hey, one day you too can be as funny as Ryan Lina was tonight. I want you to know that. <laughs> and <laughs> so that got a good laugh. This I, is his comedy name, right? Not his real name, yeah. Ryan Lina. No, it's his real well, name. I think no, it's his real name, Ryan Lina. But L-I- actually, he is a very—he's ge- a genuinely great guy. I love him to death, and he is funny. He just, uh, uh, like most of us, th- that show was not going to be good no matter what we did. Now, uh, I did get—I'll tell you about the other laugh that I got. Uh, there was an older gentleman there who, uh, older black gentleman, gets up and to leave during my show, and uh, as he's getting up to leave, he's got. Uh, he's got like the hair that's kind of like, you know, like a uh, Mr. Glass kind of hair from fucking Unbreakable or whatever. <laughs> it's kind of gray and he's kind of muscly too. So he looks kind of jacked. I was like, he looks a badass looking black dude. And he comes walking by. And as he's walking by, I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give it up for Baltimore royalty. Ed Reed, everybody from the Baltimore Ravens right here. And that got a good laugh. Ashley comes up to me after the show and she goes, yeah, I don't know who Ed Reed is. You don't know who Ed Reed is. I hate sports. Um, I hate a lot of things that you're entertained by. I'm so sorry. Um, But I do want to say one last thing, if you don't mind, Eric. Yeah, go for it. But about our show. Um, to the comedian who creepily touched me uh, after the show, um, if you're listening, I want you to know I forgive you, but also that's hilarious, Jeremy. I want you to know I forgive you, but also know that I went home and masturbated to literally anyone that wasn't you. <laughs> that's very lovely. Oh, was it literally everyone though? Like, did you everyone? go for many? Oh. Many masturbatories. I, I, I have a list. I have <laughs> I have a legion of of people that I will jack it to that aren't you unnamed, sir. Stop oh. Well shit. Uh yeah, that was uh I didn't I'll tell you what, I don't like it. Nobody should be t- put in their hands unsolicited yeah. on the sweet Ashley Pontius. Yeah, you let me touch you first. I'm like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> let me come to you don't you come to me and if i swat you with my paw it means go the fuck away get out of my litter box (laughs) jeremy has just been pulling up pictures to show us on our audio medium uh we get it we see it it's very nice yes that kind of hair very good samuel jackson oh yeah (laughs) this is great for our this is great for our audio uh, medium. Now, um, Miss Ashley, uh, is it true that yeah. you have an honest ash? Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. <clears throat> Several years ago, I uh, was questioned in conjunction with a fire that was started at a J. Crew in Hagerstown. Um, it was not me, but it was fun to be questioned because people thought I did it. This has been Honest Ash. Ooh, and tune in again next week as we hear more tales of misplaced arson accusations on the arson podcast uh, called fucking Ashley Burning Hot. Till next time. So wait a minute. There's you were suspected of burning down a J. Crew. I didn't know this. 
God, it was so fucking funny. So I used to work across from J. Crew at Lane Bryant. And unfortunately, I had the day before made jokes about wishing Lane Bryant would burn to the ground. And then the next morning when I came into work, J. Crew had caught fire. And people said, well, Ashley was talking about starting fires here at the outlets. And so then I got questioned and I was like, first of all, it's not even the right store. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, second of all, I was like, I wasn't in the building. I want to burn with it too. So then that was a whole nother group of questioning. But, um, it was funny. It was fun to be suspected of starting a massive fire. You know, sometimes it's just nice to know that you're wanted, you know, more than anything. It's nice <laughs> people think I'm capable. I'm like, if you think I'm capable of starting a fire, you should promote me. Yeah. Like that. You, do you want, do you not want me on your side or what? What if you yeah. burned it down to get a promotion at Lane Bryant? And you're like, I'm going to take out the fucking J crew for you. That's what I'm going to do. She did, <laughs> like, wait. She did listen to a lot of talking heads. <laughs> I love the way that Eric did that though, almost insinuating that like I am the what was he oh shit, what was he called? The rat man or whatever from the stand? All for you. Tra- I'll give trash my- can man. Trash can man. I love that Eric thinks I'm the trash can man of Lame Brian. That's so offensive. <laughs> I believe you in know, you. Down all these Lane Bryant. <laughs> Bryant, man, I, I. Well, if it's one I way, wonder. listen. If it's anything I've learned in the last year, I don't even think fire could take out Elaine Bryant. I, I think the only thing that can take out uh, a Bryant in this day and age is probably a helicopter. I forgot. Neither of you watch sports, so I. Can... I know what it. I know. I'm not that stupid. I'm just. Uh, you really went for it. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> like Michael Jordan's career. I'm like, oh, only you are excited that you keep going. <laughs> uh, oh, oh well. Well, they had to actually make a store for her. you. What? <laughs> they did make it a store for. Her? Yeah, Kobe Bryant's daughter, Lane uh, Bryant. Oh, his daughter Lane. I got it, <laughs> Elaine Bryant. I got it. Okay, so uh, let's get into tonight's movie. Unless you have something special, Jeremy, you'd like to share. We didn't even ask you. I'm sorry. I'm not important. Got it. (laughs) Will do. Uh, Tonight, we are going over the... A movie that I'd never seen. Ashley's pick this week. 2003's Dreamcatcher, which... uh, I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and then when I tr- stopped trying to go back to sleep, I uh, succumbed to watching this at about starting it at 2 a.m. Well worth it. Uh, gosh. And as a Stephen King fan, I've never read this book or watched this movie, uh, so I got to come in with a nice, fresh set of eyes. And, uh, man, it is the most Stephen Kingiest Stephen King thing I've ever seen. It is. It just adds a lot of stuff all in at once, and it gets real weird real fast uh, a lot of great actors in it too um, but first uh, the, now this book was the first book that Stephen King wrote after he got hit by a car uh, in the uh, early 2000s and the reason uh, you can see that is very evident in the movie because the main character actually gets hit by a car in one of the opening scenes of the film and um, 
Very good. Now, this was directed by uh, Lawrence uh, Kasdan, and uh, he's a pretty famous writer. You might have seen, he's a, and, uh, and film director. He actually directed The Big Chill, Wyatt Earp, and was the writer for, uh, did the screenplay for Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, a great, um, a great uh, badge of merit. Uh, but this movie was so bad that it prevented him from making uh, two other movies and he wouldn't direct again until 2012 uh, where he made the movie uh, Darling Companion uh, which is a love story with Kevin Klein and Diane Keaton revolving around a stray dog um, very lovely I gotta tell you just hearing who's in it and what it's about including the title I fucking hope I get hit by a car so I never have to see the movie <laughs> <laughs> so uh now this isn't the first time that uh a stephen king uh production has fucked uh lawrence uh castan now his first script that he ever produced was actually the uh the screenplay uh and edit for the empire strikes back okay now the empire strikes back that film's production was in england and it was delayed because of the shining another stephen king adaptation so Stephen King has just fucked this guy his entire life in some way, shape, or form. It's important to know. So maybe, maybe what happened is is one night they they met and he put a gypsy curse on him and he said instead of instead of thinner, he's like, I'm gonna thin out your career. <laughs> thinner your career. Ooh. Hmm. Now uh, this movie is like, I mean. What an amazing cast of characters that come together. I love this cast. Uh, I'll save the last one because Jeremy has a song about one of them. Uh, well, coming up. But uh, it has Thomas Jane, who plays Henry. Um, now, Thomas Jane actually took this um, role because his mom was a big fan of Stephen King. And he was just like, you should take this because he wasn't going to do it before. Aww. Thomas Jane is a Baltimore native. Oh, did not even know that. You know what? And he's my favorite Punisher as well. Thank goodness. Okay. Uh, and I also love him in Deep Blue Sea. Mm. Yes. And even better for you, he married into the Arquette family. So there you go. Look at the, how much I'm, I'm right. Where's let me get them digits, Thomas Jane. Um, Eric, I definitely superimpose his face over yours whenever. <laughs> Why you you get rid of Thomas Jane's body to add mine? That sounds horrible. <laughs> Can't look at the face. Ugh, <laughs> gross. It also has uh, Jason Lee in the movie, who's playing uh, as Beaver, uh, who is also in my top fuck list. This whole movie has my whole fuck list. But Jason Lee, if you're listening, because I know we are such a popular podcast. Jason Lee has been removed for many years from the I want to fuck you list because he named his son pilot inspector. Oh, I did not know that. What a weird ass skateboarding weirdo. Thank you. So uh, I thought this was like pretty much the the weirdest episode of my name is Earl. (laughs) Uh, the the cast also includes uh, one of the main uh, protagonists and uh, to a certain extent antagonists in the film Damian Lewis who plays Jonesy um, and the cast also has Timothy Oliphant Tom Sizemore is like the sixth person down on the list and then you get the great 
Donnie Wahlberg, who uh, really rounds out this star-studded cast, uh, who, who's going to play our fun um, special character we'll call Duddits. Uh, now, uh, and, oh, I forgot our top billing of Mr. The Great Morgan Freeman. Now, uh, just one little fa- factoid before we get into Morgan Freeman. Uh, Damian Lewis and Donnie Wahlberg, this was actually the second time they worked together because they also were on the HBO series Band of Brothers. So, there you go. Really hammering it home. Um, now, we found a little bit of... Um, how do I speak to this? So, did you were you aware that Morgan Freeman actually had a music career, Ashley? No. Yeah, believe it or not, he actually started off at the Electric Company, uh, which was kind of a kids show that he would sing and dance yeah. in. But he also produced a special song, I think, for the soundtrack of this movie. Is that right, Jeremy? Yeah. Okay. Um, so without further ado, Jeremy dug this up. This is a Morgan Freeman original. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I'm just going to kick it off and let you, our listeners hear it. I bet you this is the first time I think it's ever been heard. Um, but here we go. crushing it i did i didn't know i didn't know that that was even a thing amazing um i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty proud of that morgan freeman talking about his eyebrows i'm eye positive now uh he does have some fucking wild eyebrows in this one it's just like we're gonna need you to look uh like a total psychopath in this we're putting a badger above each one of your eyes and go roll it I like to think he only compares to say maybe Brad Dourif in Dune. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe Baron Harkonnen, maybe. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with there. Or just a regular Joe Flacco. Um, <laughs> maybe that bitch from like 1999 that could like was a shapeshifter and she had alien eyebrows. Could be. Okay, I see, I see where you're going with that. Um, now, uh, 
We uh, let's kick off and start breaking down the movie as we go here. Uh, we have some more music to share throughout. Um, I think I know where to put Jeremy's next song, um, and that's when we'll we get to meet Duddits. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, the movie starts off with uh, Barry talking about Carl's Jr. in Henry's office. That's a, He's a psychiatrist, and uh, he's listening to all of his problems. And I really love the breakdown about Carl's Jr. he does at the opening here. As a fat man, I appreciate it that he's always living under Carl Sr.'s uh, regular-ass problems. You know, he can never step well- out of the shadow. <laughs> well, see, I just love, I mean, you already know I love Thomas Jane, but like I like a man who's in therapy and I, it turns out we have the same coping style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like face my problem, put a gun to your head. <laughs> yeah. I, I always fantasize about that day when I maybe have to pay my last dollar to have uh, Kevin Spacey feed me some linoleum and and soup until my stomach explodes. Oh, I think the only thing Kevin uh, Spacey actually feeds you in real life is some of that fucking unauthorized dick. So, uh... (laughs) The movie Seven is actually just how many years you've got left, Jeremy. (laughs) (sighs) I mean, I feel like that was a really... That was a really, uh, 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 I think you're giving him a little bit more credit than he's due. <laughs> no, I love Jeremy to death. Now, well, I put as music as I can. I know I ain't got less, much left. So, so know, uh, it could apply to Eric too. Seven years could also mean how many more years he's got being married. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm waiting for that fucking uh, ring bitch to call me up. Seven days. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Why, Samara? <laughs> so, uh, what stupid video you made me this week. <laughs> so, uh, Henry almost shoots himself when he uh, embarrasses that guy. You realize he has a bit of the shining and can uh, read this guy's thoughts and uh, can pick some things out of him and uh, decides that, you know what, I'm just going to shoot myself. I embarrass that guy. But he decides not to because his friend Jonesy calls him up, and that's Mr. Damian Lewis. Uh, he picks up the phone. He's like, hey, we're going to go see Duddits, right? And he's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We meet some of the other cast members. We get to meet. Pete, who's played by Tim Oliphant. He is a local car salesman, helps a lady find her fucking keys. Uh, but is I like the one thing I don't buy is that she takes he takes him through all this stuff, finds her keys, and then she's freaked out because of the way he found it. And I was just like, why? Let this guy fuck. Yes, that is exactly what I said. I was like, I don't understand why her panties aren't fucking soaked. A man that actually knows what I'm thinking and finds my keys, sploosh. Yeah, he literally can't stop listening, you know? I want it so bad. <laughs> I, and the Oliphant is so hot anyways. Anytime yeah. I see that man in, in anything. I will I say that Timothy Oliphant out of this whole cast is the one who, at the older he gets, he gets he looks like a fine wine. As soon as you peppered up his hair a little bit since he's hit about 2015, oof, fuck it. I'll say it, Timothy- gush. Timothy Oliphant, I want your Oliphant on this Oliphant. Like, come get me, bitch. <laughs> you heard it, Timothy. Ball's in your court, and you get to dunk mm-hmm. them into sweet Ashley Pontius. So, 
Look, uh, now they they also mention the uh, they do SSDD, same shit, different day. It's their fun little saying amongst their group. They all seem to have some some type of weird psychic ability that they have uh, they've gained from their friend Duditz, which we'll learn later. Which is kind of funny though, because if you guys think about it, the three of us. We don't have a psychic ability. We have psychotic issues, but we don't have a psychic ability. We all have mental <laughs> We have the psychic ability, the psycho ability to not get proper treatment, and that's where we all bond into quality time. Uh, uh, I'm starting up a new uh, phone line for people to call up, and they'll pay us by the minute. It's going to be the Psycho Friends Network. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Call me now. Oh. We just talk crazy shit like you ever think about killing people yeah <laughs> you hey we, we were talking about burning down lane bryant tonight don't that sound fun meet up at five <laughs> do you know that everybody that you've ever met hates you <laughs> <laughs> hey do you remember hey you remember that thing that in seventh grade that you said to that girl that you kind of liked and then you had a chance to say something but you didn't hey you still remember that good you should remember it every day for the rest of your life (laughs) jeremy's on to something i literally think this is a legit business you press five and i'm like have you always wanted to know the meaning of life nothing and (laughs) hey you, you 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 don't feel upset enough tonight here Talk to my uncle. Hey, hey, you ever, uh, hey, you ever Jack Brown? You know, uh, uh, it gets me really depressed, and uh, I want to kill myself. So I just listen to it all the time. Hey, so, yeah. hey, Jared, do you think they're you think they're still doing the four 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 at Wendy's now, or is that is that? A, Jared, could you go to Wendy's and go pick me up a four 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 menu? I don't, I want one single, one double, one fry, one frosty. If you could, could you just? I don't have any cash either. Could you just drive it over like a free Uber Eats? Where did you hang up on me? Are you still there? Did you hang up? I can't believe you hung up on me. I'm, I'm calling back. Did you hang up by accident? Like, hey, did you hang up on me again? Hey, sure. hey, welcome to the Jeff Hotline. Uh, for the next hour, I'm just going to be doing this. Coughing uh, 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 fit. Would, That's one. That would make someone kill themselves. So good, good point. So, Stevia uh, from the 70s. Press two. So, uh. For him to whine about anything in his life, press three. <laughs> so, uh, Jonesy and Henry are supposed to go meet up with their old pal Duddits, and uh, as as Jonesy's walking down the street, very crowded, he can see a small half-nude child, which we'll later find out is the uh, the childhood version of Duddit, beckoning him to come into the street, and sure enough, he gets fucking wiped up in a car, and I was not expecting it at all. I was not ready. <laughs> It was pretty fucking yeah. good little scene there. I, I enjoyed Gingers the hell out of that. Gingers are always bad news. Gingers typical always final, <laughs> Typical final destination. Yeah. So uh, as he's laying there dying in the gurney, the small ginger child comes over, and then uh, we hear this right here, this little piece of audio. Ach out for ist gay. Ach out gay. So very powerful words from from young Duddits, Miss for Easter Gay. That'll come into play many times. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess a reason why Mister Restivo would not watch this movie. So, 
So we go to six months into the future from here, and the boys are all on a cabin trip, minus sweet Duddits. We're not sure where he is. Apparently, our sweet friend Jonesy has survived his car wreck, much like the great Stephen King survived his, to write this wonderful screenplay and could give us more books like Dreamcatcher and and Cell about killer cell phones, which is... uh, (laughs) My, f- my favorite, one of my favorite uh, non-necessary Stephen King books. Now, uh, the cabin trip is great. Um, he talks. He, he mentions why Duddits would have been beckoning him into the road to get hit. He is just like, why was he calling me into the street to get hit? And uh, then they have the memory of the warehouse, and we get to, where they get to meet young Duddits. And Duddits, I uh, have one little piece of. Uh, they say he's our little dream catcher. <laughs> Our dream catcher. Oh. Wish he was here. To the duds. To Douglas Cavell. To duds. So, can I just say, I love that they talk about Duddits like he's Jesus, which that's always really fun. They're like, have you, have you accepted Duddits into your apartment when it's <laughs> um, So that, like, just, oh God, the way they talk about Duddits, like, he would never hurt you. He works in mysterious ways when you only saw one set Hold on, I can't get this out. When you only saw one set of footprints, that's whenever you were lifted up off the ground because Duddits let you get hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) Second of all, second of all. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to expose Eric, but I know this is the true story of what happens at the Robinson cabin. <laughs> this is true. And we all talk about our retarded friend, Jeremy Woodworth, and wishes that he could be here. Um, Jeremy is actually... <laughs> so, uh, no, and it is important that he does mention his uh, Jonesy's uh, mental memory warehouse, which is a actual warehouse of his mind where all of his thoughts are held. And uh, it, they do mention this. And I'll say this, and I will boldly state it: the idea of you having a finite amount of memories that you you have to eradicate some, so he throws them in the fire, so he can make room for other stuff. Uh, this is, I'm going to say it: Stephen King ripped off. Married with Children, okay? Married with Children did this as a bit in one of their episodes, and I reference it constantly. Of They say that Kelly's brain is completely full. It's like, he's like, this is your brain, Kelly, and it's like this full glass of milk, and they're like, every time you pour in some new stuff, more and more spills out, and that's you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of premises, I think we can all agree that this entire movie reeks of the film it 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 just you re, he reuses so many premises well yeah a, a lot of stephen king books of course are usually take place either in castle rock Dairy. or the city that they're all from is Derry, which is actually mm-hmm. this uh, where uh, the story it takes place in and there's actually a really uh funny it scene i think that is tied into it during this but when we get to that we'll talk about it right, right. so uh 20 years earlier they meet duddis in this flashback uh who's getting tortured by the worst bullies in the world who are just torturing this retard first of all, they strip him nude and they're just like here i want him to eat this dog turd like this and just like eat it like that and they're like first of all the worst acting in the film is this entire bullying scene they're like 
like, hey, why don't you just leave the tarted kid alone? And they were, <laughs> they're like, they were like, hey, you know who this is? Yeah, that's our friend. That's our friend Eddie right there. Or that's our friend Pete. He's the fastest. And they know him as like the track star champion. He's like, we're going to tell our moms. And they're not going to fight him. They're like, we'll be able to tell our moms faster than you'll be able to beat us up. <laughs> and I was like, what a fucking pussy way to do things. I was like, it's, it's so dumb. God, I hated it. Uh, but they are able to save sweet Duddis and uh, befriend him. And... Uh, and uh, they they then go uh, back to the present. A big storm is rolling in. Lots of snow coming down. Jonesy finds a lost hunter named Rick. Uh, Mick Mc, uh, his name's Rick. I, I think it's McCary or McCray. I'm sorry, Jerry. Rick. Rick, Rick Flair. Rick Flair. He, they find Rick Flair. Woo! He's just nude out there. He's doing. He's he doesn't need a jacket because he's just sky high on cocaine, and he thinks the rest of the snow. He's just snorting it. He doesn't give a shit. Well, did you guys actually know that there was supposed to be a guest appearance, like a, like an Easter egg? Uh, Dick Cheney was going to show up at this part. <laughs> Blast him! So, uh, but he's not I looking like he's got people by accident. <laughs> he's really not looking in good uh, health, though. But Jonesy goes and takes him in, and uh, uh, he says, I, "I think I ate some bad berries in the dark, or something." And uh, you get to hear this audio here. When I was feeling, <laughs> bitch in a buzzsaw. I've heard some mighty burps in my time, but that's the blue ribbon baby. I am so embarrassed. Rick ate some berries in the woods. Oh no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that's awful. I'm so sorry. Oh, Rick, buddy, don't worry about it. There's more room out than in anyway. <laughs> what have you been eating? Woodchuck turrets? <laughs> By the way, this is just a normal everyday occurrence, just me at Eric's, except I never yeah. apologize. <laughs> so. That was actually wasn't even from the movie. That's actually was all of us. That was just B-roll that I rolled <laughs> from, yep. from what I found Jeremy wandering around off uh, off of his meds. I was like, get in here, buddy. Let's have some soup. <laughs> hey, Eric, uh, it's nice what you did with the basement. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, they end up laying him down in the back room and uh, letting him take a little nap but he's not looking good and his gut seems to be moving a little fishy like hope nothing alien like pops out of his body in a little bit henry and pete though they're off getting supplies in the bronco and they end up rolling it trying to avoid hitting another hunter that they find there and uh they have a good laugh even though pete has broken his leg in the process uh they go and check on her back at the thing beave and jonesy are seeing all the animals start to leave the forest in uh in quick succession and they all seem to have weird red fungus or something and spots on them as they're walking by it's real creepy straight out of bambi not really cool things are getting highly strange I don't I don't think I like you comparing it to Bambi, but if I'm being honest, I was going to say I'm what drives them out of the forest when I wake up from hibernating. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking to fuck. <laughs> There's more than eight inches. I'm looking for a nor'easter. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah, uh, it's Barney. 
So they decide to start walking back with the lady who they found uh, in the that they almost crashed the Bronco into because she doesn't look like she's in good state. Uh, in a good state, it seems to be a. Uh, afflicted by the same disease that uh, Rick has back at the cabin. Now, uh, a scary part of the movie because it looks like they have a skin disease. <laughs> the <laughs> the stage is now set for this. Uh, just when you think everything's going crazy, a lot of high strangeness. Here comes the motherfucking government. What the hell? This could be perfect. They can get stinky to a hospital. Hey, you guys! We need some help! Got a sick guy inside! This area is under temporary quarantine. You must stay where you are. What do you mean quarantine? We got a sick guy down here! We need your help here! Real sick guy here! Take him with you now! Glad you're okay. This situation no. will be resolved in 24 to 48 hours. Also, this is actually what uh, everybody yells anytime a chopper flies over Dundalk and they smell that weird shit smell that just permeates from the plant. Like, <laughs> we got sick people down here. Yeah, please stay there. Don't leave ever. <laughs> yeah, but that's. I like to think that this scene was inspired from Get a Life when they tr- tr- quarantined the house from uh, eating um, toxic uh, shrimp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Strange brew. Then he had to do uh, uh, spelling bees. I agree. Now I was going to say, this scene actually reminds me of how Eric deals with my emotional needs. I'm like, I have problems. He's like, yes, keep them over there. Glad you're doing okay. And I'm like, no, I need, I need help. Glad you're fine. You stay there. Here, you stay there. I can't no, help uncle. you right now, but here is a gift certificate to Carl's Jr. <laughs> and I'm like, it's expired. No, no it's, <laughs> it's what makes the comedy career. You know, with any, with any good comedian, you you wait until they cut their wrists and like, okay, they've lost a pint. I'll help them. Yeah, okay. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a monster. So uh, Henry uh, makes a fire. They find this little encampment, and because uh, Henry, this lady, and Pete are on foot, Pete's kind of dinged up. So is the lady. So he makes him a fire by a little encampment and says, "Hey, don't go get the beer, and I'm gonna go walk the rest of the nine miles to get the snowmobile. Come pick you up." Um, Jonesy, though, and Beave are in a fucking shit storm as they walk back into the cabin and they see trails of blood all over the place. Their new friend is gone and they find out that he's in the toilet. And um, I'm not, I think, <laughs> I don't know. Ashley, would you like to describe what happens next? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, God, I love this movie so much. So, but I want to back up a little bit though. So, like, they're they're banging on the door because I have to go like full me. So they're banging on the door and he, they hear him and he's like, no, don't come in. I'm embarrassed, which is like a very me move. They're like, there's so much dookie. Leave me alone. And they're like, no, man, we see blood out here. And he's like, blood, I'm not bleeding. Like, what? So then they break <laughs> nope, down the door. Was, actually, that was somebody. It's probably one of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part. So they, they break down the door and, and truly like perfect horror movie scene. There's just blood and this red stuff everywhere and immediately I was like yeah this is why I don't like people to bug me for seven days every month (laughs) and it is just so 
bow and his face is all fucked up and he falls oh so they think he's dead and then you hear this drop into the toilet which i'm sorry though can we talk they thought it was like oh how can he still poop if he's dead who 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 poops like that do you ever go oh bloop no it fucking sounds like someone flushing the local uh fire hydrants every time i shit and rush it's just this rush of energy out my asshole just just splashing and splooshing and just blood it's horrible and i'm like nobody shits like that and it turns out to be a little alien so they yeah i like when he falls over into i'm sorry go ahead jerry did you say nobody shits like that who shits nice? I don't. That no, I true. definitely shit big giant lumps of, of shit. But <laughs> also, I, I think the greatest thing in life is when you, you know there's somebody else in the bathroom and you just really rip-roar a giant fart while you're on the pot. And there are some people that will like try to ignore it and try to be fun, be quiet. Oh, in a public bathroom. Yeah, and there's other people that will just go... <laughs> <laughs> I do like when they walk in though and they see him they hear the plop then he's like I think maybe he's okay and then he falls over into the bathtub and you just see his asshole completely fucking blown out oh man like he just sat on a waller stick and they go to go look in the toilet and they're like fuck that and they close it real quick and uh, 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 Jason Lee the beeve goes and sits on there and he's like and then you can feel it like trying to get out of there it's like kind of like the evil dead uh, two scene where he's trying to hold down the yeah. thing he's like wait a minute we're gonna go switch real quick you run faster they're arguing about who can get tape faster and they're like how about you i just sit and you go get the tape as fast as you can and come back here and in what is the most painful scene and dumbest death i've ever seen in a movie is this guy jonesy yes. damian lewis looking for tape in a shed where he can't find it and jason lee who has a, a mouth fixation that he can, he drops his toothpicks and he has to have the one that isn't in the square of blood on the floor. By the way, if I dropped a all, it doesn't matter. It's hit the floor now. We're in a biohazard situation. I don't pick the one off of the one clean, non-shitted tile, but it's just out of reach and he has to keep reaching for it. Instead of, you get murdered. Can you wait like five minutes until to, to pick up this piece of garbage off of the floor? It's so dumb. I 100% agree with you, but I also love that it took them super long. I'm like, you're fucking telepathic. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> like find that shit i don't understand why why is that hard it's, the other great thing is that he also has a work shed so yeah yeah <laughs> very evil dead-esque i agree so uh jonesy uh though uh by the time of course he has to eventually bring he's like oh i can reach it even though this thing is kicking back at me every two seconds and he gets the toothpick of course the thing fucking breaks out and uh starts taking chunks out of him and the monster this weird little slither like snake that uh has like a uh, a vagina mouth is the best way i'd describe it just real big teeth pussy on the front of it starts taking but fingers off of him Yes, which is wild. But it's shaped like a sperm. Like the actual body, the slitheriness is almost shaped like a sperm, but it opens its mouth long ways like a very nice set of labia. Can I say, <laughs> I say the only difference between this snake creature and the snake creature from Prometheus is the one in Prometheus is white? <laughs> it's, it's true. It's so true. Yeah. 
So, uh, so it ends up uh, pretty much killing the beef because uh, Jonesy gets back. He's way too late, and he's like, "Just close the door." And he locks him in there, and the thing fucking rips his face off after that. And uh, Jonesy is out there, um, scared to death, as he's holding on to the door, and it's starting to break through. But he's got fucking bigger problems now because just as the thing calms down, the doorknob breaks off in his hand, and standing behind him is a full grown ass motherfucking alien with green eyes that doesn't look like CGI at all and he he looks this thing in the face as the fucking uh, uh, little snake monster comes out and slithers around this giant monstrosity what do you want And then it just explodes in his face, just out of fucking nowhere, just turns into a giant red mist that our sweet uh, hero, Damian Lewis, breathes in like uh, so many others before him, apparently. I think that, I think that um, Stephen King could have named this movie The Red Mist. Mm. Uh, there you go, Jeremy. Okay, okay. So, uh, As opposed to The Mist that just sucked. I I didn't hate the mist. I'll I'll say it. I didn't hate the mist. It was it was fine. Bad ending. That's that's really sad. Funny ending, honestly. If I'm gonna be honest I, with you, pretty hilarious. I actually really like just mist m y s t. That was a great game. Yeah, the clicker game. Hey, real story about the game mist. Uh, I I I was trying to get my father in law back into video games because he's like retired and he wanted to do stuff. So I was like, what kind of games do you like? He was like. Do, do they make like new versions of Mist? <laughs> so I looked up games that were similar to Mist, and I did get him some uh, like that that he That's ended awesome. up playing through. So uh, I really love the Shadow of the, the Colossus, but this new game of Oblivion was nowhere near it. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's definitely two different things for sure. Um, so Shadow of the Colossus was awesome. I never played it. I've always heard great things about it, though. It always looked fun. Probably one of Adam, it's always rated as like one of the best PS2 games ever made, though. Adam, Adam Sandler is playing it in the movie uh, Love Rain Over Me. All right, so. I'm sold. It took me 20 years, but I'm sold on it now, Jeremy. I'm oh, getting it awesome. tonight. So, uh, meanwhile, the military is getting all set up in main part of town. Everyone's got alien rosacea, but luckily Tom Sizemore and Morgan Freeman are here to save the motherfucking day. The men call the red stuff Ripley after the broad and the alien movies. We're eradicating the animals as they flee the blue zone. And the populace? We're bringing the civilians here to Goslands. We'll detain them until we can figure this out. And Owen, this time the ETs belong to you. That's right, Bucko. You'll be blue boy leader. Finally. How many left? About a hundred. Yeah. Not nearly enough for a serious incursion. My guess is it's a crash landing. They never picked terrain like this before. Or cold weather. What's your call? The biggest threat is them getting out of our net. Crash landing or not, I guarantee they're gonna try to get out and spread the infection. I always say they never visited a world they wouldn't rather own. They're up to their old tricks. Using the standard gray boy look with the innocent doggy eyes, smooth baby butt skin. 
They project what they think we want to see. But I've had a look at the real thing, and believe me, Bucko, you wouldn't want it marrying your sister. There's a difference of opinion about the Ripley. Really? Who has an opinion? And the opinion is is that General Mathis uh, thinks that you can recover from the Ripley uh, virus after a couple days. It kills some people, and it grows a giant wormy alien that will rip your asshole out. But some people are actually okay, and they live through it. But that's the difference of opinion. He thinks anybody who's infected with the shit needs to die. And Sweet Owen thinks that maybe they could be a little bit more compassionate and not murder everyone so uh that's important as we get further into the film now jonesy is now under full alien control though back at the uh back at the uh place um he can we we name any other movie where you hear the the name jonesy um dr jones see no that would be the cat jonesy from alien oh hey I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'll say it right now. I'm embarrassed. I didn't know that. So uh, uh, there is also a scene where the Colonel uh, or Colonel Curtis, played by Morgan Freeman, actually uh, blows off a guy's finger. He's like, you know, in my military, if you lie, you get fucking shot in the hand. Just blows chunks of his hand off for lying and letting somebody out of the quarantine zone. He's like, it's zero tolerance here under my watch. Now, uh... Jonesy, though, is fully under animal uh, alien control and uh, takes out a snowmobile, which is very funny because when he's under the control of the alien, he becomes British. Basically. Oh, look at me. I'm hanging out. But Jonesy still can talk to him from the uh, from uh, his warehouse of the mind. So even though his body is controlled, they have these fun conversations throughout the film where one second he's like, hey you're a really bad guy and he goes oh isn't that fun oh jolly old chap we're gonna go and i need to make it to massachusetts all right and uh it's a it is very fun and some great acting by uh damian lewis i will say uh i but i don't understand why why they choose did the aliens only get the bbc and he was like this is what evil sounds like this is probably one of Daniel Day Lewis's greater roles. <laughs> He's actually playing Damian Lewis, who's playing Jonesy. <laughs> so uh, uh, he needs to go get with Pete uh, because uh, he needs to go make his way back. And Pete, you'll see, is the finder of the group. Uh, but Pete is dealing with a whole problem at the campsite because he realized uh, that he's not realized that the alien has burst out while he went to go get the beer back at the car. Uh it was also another movie where he was like a redhead who could only move his foot. And it's called My Redhead Foot. My Redheaded Foot, yes. So uh, he's talking to her while she's laying on the ground there, telling him all about how Duddy's was special. He gave us all these things. Basically, The Shining. I could do stuff. Hope a killer dog also doesn't come into play somewhere in here. Who knows? But I think he was probably an alien. Anyway, gotta go piss. And as he's taking a piss and the, the little snake monster is like crawling around under the snow, he pisses away the snow to reveal the fucking snake monster lord i will never drink again immediately just bites his dick and like i don't know how pete functions after the dick bite i truly don't we just saw it bite off a guy's face it clearly could have got that fleshy member off of his body no problem at all so uh he ends up actually to get it off fucking 
uh, uh, dry humping the campfire to get it off of himself uh, just in time to, I guess, save more of his body than needed to be harmed uh and then it ends up grabbing it by there even though it takes some more chunks out of him during this whole altercation um now while this is happening jonesy uh jonesy's consciousness uh warns henry to uh hide as he's rolling up on the snowmobile because he knows it's not actually jonesy now so uh we hear this we hear jonesy and gray going mr gray who is now invaded jonesy's body going back and forth what was that mr jones what did we just pass on the road there are you speaking to me yes i am mr jones or is it jonesy that's what your friends call you isn't it let's be friends why are you letting me live i'm borrowing you we're going to take a little journey beaver never hurt a soul and you killed him your friend had nothing in his head i've already found something useful in yours fuck you I know what that expression means! I've studied the foul language section of your memory warehouse. Rather distasteful, I must say. How about this, Mr. Gray? Eat shit and die. Whoa. Why'd you call me Mr. Gray? Ask out for Ishka Gray. <gasps> Someone told you about me? Who told you about me? Well, if you want to know, why don't you just read my mind? Well, surprisingly, you're able to keep a few things from me. I don't understand it, but I'm sure I'll figure it out soon. Whoa. And uh, so that that's where it all comes from. Duditz was trying to tell him about Easter Gay, Easter Gay this whole time. It's actually Mr. Gray and his weird speech impediment. So I think at this point, It'd be a good time to share another uh, part of the soundtrack for this movie. Uh, this is uh, a song, I think it's right off the soundtrack. It's called the Mr. Gray song. And uh, I think it was originally intended to be part of the film, but they cut it out, you know, because it was they thought it was too musical or whatever. Anyway, I think it really adds to the film. And uh, the idea of Mr. Gay is Mr. Gray. Here we go. under your nose red dust on your clothes nightmares come to life sticking big worms up in your wife yeah give you gas send a worm right eight through your ass play with me you see just how long you last and my name is mr gray alien badass from around the way Say it right and please don't play, don't call me gay. Back in mix, Duddies can't get the fix. Infect him quick, dark scarlet licks. Snowmobile gon' plow, here and the now. Piss up on my snake, regrets you gonna take. And my name is Mr. Gray Alien badass from around the way Say it right and please don't play And one more thing, please Don't call me gay Round 
gotta find this town when the flute hits you know it's massachusetts here in dairy please alien retardees can't you stop the spread got a snaked out alien head don't call me gay don't call me gay don't call me gay don't call me gay i like alien space pussy you can see that from me right now there's no way i'm gay look at these cool snakes i got even the, even the snake heads look like little vaginas little vaginas with teeth isn't that dangerous so how could i you i can't even be gay you know that i can't be i'm straighter than an arrow i'm straighter than i'm straighter than a girl named carol because that rhymes i'm mr gray and you best stay in your lane i'm not that gay but I've watched Brokeback Mountain like 15 times since I've been on Earth. It's a really good movie, but I don't think that I don't I don't think that makes me gay. I'm, maybe okay. I watched the Liberace movie like two or three times, but I'm whispering it now, and I think I don't think it's recording anymore. I just I'm, I'm in the closet with my alien homosexuality. And I want to, I, I want to come out now, but I'm scared because a retarded alien called me gay many years ago, and I've been so fucking vengeful since then. Anyway, I, I'm back now. I'm straight again. All right. Ooh, hope nobody heard that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the Mr. Gray saw. I thought it was that's pretty good. <laughs> you know. Leonardo da Vinci only slept for 15 minutes a day uh, I believe is the story and he created so many things he painted (laughs) the Steen Chapel and when Eric is sleep deprived he makes that (laughs) (laughs) this is my da Vinci load um so you know i'm not gay but i could watch that liberace movie so many times because there's (laughs) nothing more entertaining than michael douglas having sex with matt damon you know if there was any comedian out there i don't know if there is that could like do impersonations of mike michael michael douglas gay i would (laughs) shout outs come down shout outs oh god great stuff so uh there you go mr gray uh is in the house now so great 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 piece of work eric no i i gave you shit good good job i'm sorry that i had to step away right before your song i was having a little ass alien of my own (laughs) oh no no worries uh don't worry we still have another song to go and i I saved the best for last i realized the first toilet scene of this movie was like this this is ashley's favorite movie of almost all time i i used to no lie this movie really was scary for me when i was young because i was young when it came out <laughs> sorry boys um but <laughs> i <laughs> i was scared because i had so many asshole problems that i was like oh my god what if aliens are gonna come out of my asshole 
and that's what's wrong with me and he's listening <laughs> to all my inner thoughts like burn down the local lane bryant <laughs> who's who's the um the super super cock black guy that literally looks like like his penis is like a rhinoceros uh horn brian preston yeah brian preston yeah okay oh i pretty much every pretty much every uh man that does porn crosses over to gay porn and i'd like to think that that guy that died on the toilet with the thing coming out of his ass looks exactly like that guy who has that black guy's dick up his ass oh (laughs) yeah yeah, the giant dude who's the picture of him sitting on the bed and right. his, oh his, yeah 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 that right yeah. his girth is almost like the size of like a fucking baseball bat or something so yeah because oh, I was gonna yeah. say like I don't ever want to say anything bad about Brian but it's it's not that size <laughs> what I'm getting no my my Eric, daughter's here go ahead keep talking oh, I knew yeah, it right. I knew this. all right. I knew that's what it was because at first I I thought it was us, Jeremy, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys, the kids are coming. Don't talk about anymore." Or like, yeah, you're right. Or, you're right. And and then and then I was like, "Oh, maybe his kids are coming out." So he's like, "Dad, Dad, I'm looking for some dick." <laughs> Thank you for that. I directed her appropriately. So anyway, uh, Henry gets back to the cabin after all this, and uh, he finds sees that there's Ripley uh, stuff everywhere and gore covering the place. Uh, and this motherfucking snake has laid eggs, so he ends up torching it. Not before the little ones start to hatch everywhere, and he you know ends up stomping them left and right. Uh, very fun scene with Thomas Jane uh, burning down a house and also finding the remains of Sweet Beef. The only thing that's better than this scene with him stomping the little baby aliens is if there was like a musical number singing uh, In Heaven Everything is Fine from Eraserhead where she stomps on the little baby spirit. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. That's sad. Classic. (laughs) Classic Eraserhead. David Lynch's version of Dreamcatcher. Jesus Christ. I don't think I want to watch it. Uh, now, back in the past, they have another flashback where they uh, actually save a missing girl. Uh, this girl's name is Josie, and uh, it also uh, tells them how uh, you get to see full Duddits who speaks in broken language, uh, has weird mystical powers, and actually ends up giving them powers to help find it, one of them being the ability to point places uh, to the uh, to sweet Timothy Oliphant's character, Pete, as a child, uh, that leads them directly to where it is now they're in dairy and this girl is actually stuck in a sewer which would lead you to believe that this is kind of a tie-in to the to the it universe here as uh the it uh character obviously lived in the sewers of dairy and did capture children the one thing that was cut from this movie though is that apparently this this child was also supposed to be a special needs child that was also uh on the spectrum well, but that's not necessarily cut. The boys say it earlier when they first meet Duddits for the first time, I believe. There's a poster of her missing. And they say, yeah, didn't she go to that special ed school? Yeah. Third school. They, they... <laughs> but so, so it's, it's, it is tied in. They do actually say that earlier in the film that she's 
The funny part is though is that can you can you imagine how this would have played out, right? That like so you know how Pennywise works, right? Where he's like in the he's in the sewer and he's like, "Hey, we all float down here." And then she was just like too excited. She was like, "Oh, I'm floating too." And she immediately goes in. They're like, "So, are you scared yet?" And he was like, "No, can we play?" And then she's like, "I can't I can't do anything with this. I need your fear. I got I got to go." And he's just so he I, just left her in the He's like, "I I can't do Todd's. I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea, though, that the two special ed kids would be set up because those like the way they set those things up, it's like, oh, they can only love each other. And then they would just play the song from Beethoven second. It's like the day I fall in love and the special ed people go off and get married and make alien retarded children. <laughs> so they showed uh, Josie getting saved, but they didn't. Um, they deleted the scene where Josie actually came home. And everybody was uh, happy because, you know, when Josie comes home, it, she was the pride of the neighborhood and she was along like a flame and, you know, <laughs> like, uh, like a, and when, um, when, you know, like a, when a something on fire. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love that, Jeremy. I also just want to say, look. I still think, even though she's differently abled, Josie, you make phenomenal costumes. <laughs> Shout outs, Josie Marcelino, who survived this horrible tragedy in a sewer to lose like it's 200 pounds so that you could then make uh, cosplays that look like they were uh, you bought from the dollar store. Very good. Um, yeah. I've been going through her garbage for like <laughs> now, and I really get to feel like I'm knowing her and 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 you know, oh gosh, oh getting God. like the best telescope I can to see through her windows to get to know her better. I'm just kidding, Josie. We love you if you're listening. I know you do. Yeah. So and Josie, I didn't say that. Eric said what he said. That was not me. I just so we're clear. He shit on you way harder than I did. I want you to know though. I fucking meant it. Anyway, um, there was. <laughs> I say I think she's built really. She's built really what? Built really well. It's okay. She was better 50 or 60 pounds ago. Anyway, so Gray then, um, meanwhile, the choppers are already in the air and they're ready to fuck shit up. So Morgan Freeman's heading out to the crash site. They find it. They unload on their ship. Uh, and you get to see how they kind of shape shift from these weird grays to their actual form, which are these really like slithery snake looking giant vagina people. And uh, they blow them up with Hellfire missiles relatively easy. Uh, so much so that the ship blows and actually takes out two of the choppers in in the process um then uh mr gray then tries to get pete to talk to him about duddits but he ain't falling for that bullshit come on pete let's talk bite my bag motherfucker all right pete i'll bite your bag and everything else but he eats Pete right there. That was more than just his bag. Also, what a horrible way to insult somebody. Bite my bag. I mean, he will do it. You've already had your bag bitten. Do you think he won't? Fuck around and find out, Pete. Well, I don't know if you've already addressed this while I was on the shitter, but I love that they feel the need to differentiate between Mr. Gray and Jonesy by giving him a ridiculously stupid accent. 
uh, which I find I find pretty phenomenal. How would it feel to be murdered by someone you know is faking it? It's that kid in high school who like did study abroad for two weeks and came back with an accent, and you're literally bleeding out and being murdered. And you're like, I know that's not, I know that's not your real voice. Yeah, it was like uh, they uh, they he eats Pete, and that's fucking sad. Uh, the gray tries to uh, uh. Uh, ends up Mr. Gray ends up commandeering a uh, a truck of like a military truck or whatever and so now he's mobile he's got guns and a whole bunch of those fucking red carcasses so he lets the dog eat it and this is I don't this I don't like when you have to kill dogs in the movie and this dog who was a sweet German shepherd a good boy and he fed him tainted meat he was like that's right get your fill here you go um Jonesy then takes uh all of the Duddits files in his little warehouse mind and uh takes them to a safe room where the guy can't find them uh Mr. Gray almost gets him when he's in the mine but he's able to lock a door at the last minute it's very scary can i I just point out that eric does the same thing but you hide them from yourself (laughs) yes i do i put them i put these obtrusive thoughts deep down i lock them away and i don't know why i cry for no reason or scream out into the night going god why god why uh meanwhile henry though is uh is uh fucking cross-country skiing his way out of there and he runs into the government and uh gets stuck in a quarantine facility and then briefly meets owen and abe outside of there and and is able to look into their minds and finds out what's going to happen to all the townsfolk the idea of slaughtering americans it just turns my stomach Anyway, you want to play some Parcheesi? It helps me forget about all this when we have to go and commit full genocide. About <laughs> Anyway, it's a fun game. You know, you get to do all this. It's a great... I have Pictionary if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but Henry is able to level with Owen outside of the gates and try to save everyone. So uh, when Thomas Jane uh, reads time Sizemore's head and learns about all this you can hear him say what will happen what will you tell rita what will you tell katrina his family this was this all happened two years before those hurricanes absolutely devastated the united states so kind of weird kind of weird tie in there stephen (laughs) king predicting hurricanes with his scripts uh now uh they decide that he's going to call General Mathis and get this shit shut down so there's not a full-on genocide, and he lets Jonesy, uh, and he and Jonesy are going to strike it out on their own. Uh, so he's able to crash a Humvee into the barn that he's hidden into. He hops in just in the nick of time as General Mathis is showing up, and now they're on the chase to go find out where his friend Jonesy is. Uh, but unfortunately... Uh, Tom Sizemore, who's supposed to be taking over the group, is holding on to a John Wayne gun that was given to him because he's taking over the squad, which is also microchipped by the great Morgan Freeman, who plays Abe Curtis. So there's a way for them to find them. I do the same thing with Eric's microphone. Eric will be like, I'm at a show, and I'm like, I know you aren't. You're playing Halo. How dare you? <laughs> I know you're not responding but to my text. There's a mic right next to you. It tells me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
now uh, Jonesy is trying to make it out uh, with the dog because the dog is starting to get fat. Uh, Jonesy then calls Henry with a physical phone that's in his mind, and then Henry answers it by holding the gun to his head, which has got to be the silliest scene in this movie. He's like, "Yes, hello. Oh, is that a pin dropping? I can't believe it. What sla- what clarity I'm hearing right now." Um, and he says they got to go get Duddits. Fuck all the noise because um, Duddits is the one that could actually maybe stop Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray is scared of duddits. So they start heading to Derry and not Massachusetts. But we get to see, uh, there we finally get to see uh, Donnie Wahlberg go full fucking tarred. I mean, it is the strongest. He's like, hello everybody, it's me, like that. And he has also super leukemia, so he's dying, he looks like shit, and he's full tarred. I love it when he sauntered down. I was like, yes! A Wahlberg that's acting what he knows the best, being retarded. Like, ah, God, it just felt so good seeing him come down the steps like that. It filled me with all the warm jumblies. I think Mark Wahlberg's should have gotten awards for this. Hey, that's my retarded brother, Donnie. Hey, I found the perfect role for you. It's this movie called Dreamcatcher. Wouldn't you like that? You know, it would have been really funny if when he was still dating Jenny McCarthy, she would have been like, you know what vaccines do? They make my boyfriend retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. you know why you're scared when you're alone? I do. I do. So, jo- Jonesy gets uh, ends up getting a cop car. Mr. Gray ends up getting a cop car. Uh, but old Duddits is now watching him as it's going down. He's in the police car now. He's in a police car now. Can you see where they are, Duds? He's in this again. Mr. Mr. Gray. That's right, Dad. He isn't Mr. Gray. Mr. Gay is Mr. Gray. <laughs> we gotta save this girl. Oh? Not the world, Dad's A girl. Save the world some other time. Mr. Gay? Mr. Gay. He want war. War? Not war water. Mr. Gray wants water. I know where he's going. He's going to the Quabbin Reservoir. Why? What's Quabbin? Quabbin Reservoir supplies the drinking water for all of Boston. Oh my God. One worm. Back at our cabin, I saw the worms that come out of these weasels. And Mr. Gray must want to get one into the Boston drinking supply. Just one worm infects the whole world. So now we know we're the final site for our final confrontation. And luckily, we have our own superhero that's joined. Please superimpose this over a trailer for Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Now, uh, this now that we have all, all of our heroes together, uh, we have our last song of the night. Uh, I'm not going to give it any fucking lead up. Uh, now that the team is at full power, going into the final act here. Um, as Americans, we need to give more love to people that are special, and I I go out of my way to make give respect to special people with this song. All right, so here we go. Here is a special song by Jeremy Woodworth. 
powerful stuff, Jeremy Woodworth. Powerful stuff. Mm. I'll, I'll tell you the jokes I cut out. Okay. Check in for bonus content when that when we finally release that. I have a whole rack of it that we can flood the market with when we get up to the appropriate amount of listeners. So, uh, Abe, uh, by the way, great song, Jeremy. Ashley, your thoughts on uh, Super R Word? You pay extra for inappropriate because then you won't sue us. Yeah, I loved it. I, I actually, you know what? This is the first one in a long time, if I'm being honest, Jeremy, that really spoke to me. And I was like, this, I feel like this is written about me. <laughs> and it, it was emotionally touching. <laughs> so, uh, Morgan Freeman care more Morgan Freeman hops in a chopper to go do some more unauthorized killing. And, uh, he gets into the chopper and a chopper and machine gun fight with Tom Sizemore. As soon as they pull up to the water treatment plant, uh, and somehow Tom Sizemore has the gall to die at the hands of this chopper, but also somehow take a chopper out with his machine gun. And so they just kind of nullify each other. The government is taken care of. Now we can get all the fucking paperwork out of the way for the final act here. Uh, luckily, though, Henry is now inside in the nick of time uh, and is able to shoot the worm moments before it's about to hop into the water supply that uh, Mr. Gray has uh, exposed to the world. And uh, this worm is so dumb, it comes up to bite him. It just bites the gun hand and I'm like, oh, hope it works. And he's like, he has trouble shooting it, even though he's popped off 20 rounds a second ago and just shoots it real good like. Uh, but as the worm is laying on the ground um we see emerge a a single egg so there's still one worm out there um now the worm is uh, uh is making its way to it but uh he confronts jonesy slash mr gray as he's laying on the uh on the uh, on the floor next to the open manhole cover i knew you'd come henry I knew you wouldn't let me die. Who the fuck are you? Don't you know me, H? I don't know. I think I'm gonna have to shoot you. Just to be sure. But really, Mr. Gray is just stalling for time because he really just wants this little worm to go ahead and get in there. Keeps asking him, tell me something only Jonesy would know. Uh, but in comes Duddits to save the day as he saunters in. Hello, Mr. Gay. <laughs> So Duddits comes sw- calmly walking up to this giant monster who now phases his way out of uh, uh, Jonesy's body. He missed himself out. Now he's this giant eight foot tall monster worm. Uh, the monster worm takes out his little fucking pincer and then spikes fucking sweet Duddits to the ground. But Duddits has a little si- uh, trick up his sleeve as he also turns into a giant fucking alien out of nowhere that doesn't look like that because he's a good alien. And he also knows fucking alien MMA because he's from a ground position and extends his tail and stabs him in the back. Are you? So I love the movie because this question, Eric, has haunted me for... Mm, Almost 15 years? Okay. Okay. So you're telling me you're from another fucking planet and you've been watching over us for, God, at that point for them, like 30 plus years, Mm -hmm. 40 years. 
You could have been anything, and you chose to be retarded. <laughs> no, I like to believe that he actually was also a retarded alien. That is just like, he's like, they make fun of me because I like space trains, and I had to go to a different planet that's filled with trains and, <laughs> and live amongst my people. <laughs> you come to Earth, and you're like, you know what I want to do? I want to grow up to be a 40-year-old man that lives in my mother's house and is obsessed with what you do, and then I get leukemia, and I'm going to die in in that bedroom of these poor people. I think an important part of this uh, fight scene is that when uh, Duddits overcomes Mr. Gay, is that he overcomes him, and you can see Duddits overcoming Mr. Gray with what I would call the white stuff. Mm-hmm. The yeah, white stuff like- overcomes Mr. Gay. So. I I like that. Also, it was the first time where uh, two gay men were able to penetrate each other at the exact same time, and uh, that was really groundbreaking not only for us but the LGBTQ community as a whole. It's when two become one. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I do like right before he uh, right before he transforms, you hear this. You hear Duddits go. I did it. <laughs> he like puts his arms up full radio, full tard. I love yeah. it. It's a weird scene where eventually they both just explode into red mist. But for some reason, it also turns into the dream catcher for just a brief second in the air. Uh, it makes why I don't know why are none of them worried. None of them are wearing a fucking mask at all to even prevent even the slightest of this red gloop from going up in their system. I actually think that Dreamcatcher is an after-school special for aliens. They're like, hey, look, if you don't wear condoms, this is what happens when you have unprotected sex. This is, this is, the Ripley is the HIV, but for aliens. <laughs> I just realized they talk about the Ripley and Jonesy in the same mm-hmm. Uh, also, I, I, I really think we need to go through uh, Lawrence Kasdan's uh, wheelhouse. Because <laughs> Lawrence Kasdan, that directed this, he did the screenplay for Empire Strikes Back, yeah. Raid Lost Ark, Body Heat, Continental Divide, the last Belushi film, <laughs> Jedi, Big Chill, uh, Silverado, uh, Grand Canyon, The Bodyguard, uh, um... And Dreamcaster, I think, pretty much destroyed his career. Yeah, he well, does. He, his know, his credits after that are, are pure shit. It's so hilarious. Well, this destroyed him. He did, he did write Solo, the last Star Wars. Oh, okay, solid. But but also, they say that he, he there was two other movies he wanted to direct after this, and he couldn't get done because of this. I know oh, that yeah. was we opened the show with that exact same factoid. Nope. <laughs> Canyon, which is also a classic, and also directed The Big Chill. That so. is true. So uh, uh, the movie, though, ends just as Jonesy and Henry, the last two men standing, are talking to each other, and they see the little worm, and you see uh, uh, Jonesy go ahead and do this. Stops it real good. And the last line... Jonesy, 
weirdest ending to a fucking movie I've ever seen. I know. Just, Jonesy, you did it. I loved it so much. What a fucking beautiful train wreck of a film. Ashley Pontius, your final thoughts on Dreamcatcher. I don't care how shitty this movie is. When I'm touching my little monster, this is absolutely on every time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Jeremy, how about you? What do you, what do you think what did you think of Dreamcatcher? Uh, obviously the, the greatest uh, actor to ever come out of New Kids on the Block and um, also um, the greatest bloodiest anus scenes of any other movie I've ever seen. I so. agree with you on that one. A lot of great a lot of great it's, this movie has done more for the Fisher community than any other movie hands down. Thank you, Lawrence Kasdan, who also was Dr. Green and as good as it gets in a great gay film. So. Great. Um, I love Dreamcatcher. I never watched this. I loved it. I loved how it fits into the weird Stephen King universe of things. Certainly not uh, the worst film I've ever seen by Stephen King. Uh, I'd say highly entertaining. Go check it out for yourself. Not really streaming a lot of places, but currently you can rent it on YouTube or any other place for, I think, $2.99. That's what I did. Fork up the money. Enjoy it. When there's a 4k release i will own this movie in all of its glory in that form um ashley where can people find you at uh you can always find me online at ashley pontius laughs and you can catch me december 18th i'll be doing a show in eldersburg maryland hell yeah my hometown come on down see ashley at sierra brothers great pizza better people gonna listen to fucking Ashley's pussy jokes get there early so you can secure yourself a seat Uh, I myself I've got a ton of shows murder mysteries galore I'm gonna be in York PA you can't even come to that doesn't matter but you can find all my shows Uh, the new murder mystery uh, murder on 34th street is gonna be at the DC improv at Magoobies at all the types of fucking places so check all that shit out I'm coming to a city near you Jeremy take us out You have crossed the Colonel Kurtz line, the horror.